I didn't place top three, but I also didn't then rip up my, my deck of cards. What the f*** is going on down there? Actual Hollywood, <laughs> where everyone's a scumbag Hollywood. Sadly. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's the weekend. Seth, I've, I've decided that we're here. We're in the podcast. We are in the last podcast ever of 2018. Yes. It might be 2019 by the time people listen to this. This is how close... Correct. We are to the end of all things. That we're in 2018. The end of 2018. I feel... We're very close to the Roaring Twenties Part 2. I feel dissatisfied with 2018, if I'm being honest. Really? It had a lot of good bits, but I feel I let a lot of people down. Well, yes, you did. See, see, I, I also understand that's kind of like how everyone feels about the end of the year every time a year ends. No, oh, I feel great about how I treated other people. I didn't <laughs> let anyone down. I did a really good job. So you're the one who took all of it from, you, you took all the success. Okay. All right. Now I know who's a uh, pound of flesh to, to something, something Wendigo. Uh, but I also feel good about 2018 because lots of nice things happened. Uh, lots of good podcasts were recorded. I also just, I could do with another, you know, like month. I could do with one more month of 20. Can we put in a 13th month? Is it time yet? I wanted to rebuff your statement that a lot of good things happened in 2018 with answering with a bunch of stuff that you can't talk about on the forums. But, uh, I'm, I'm just going to let it slide. Oh, I, I thought, <laughs> I thought I meant that like in con, I meant in context of the podcast. Oh, in a, in our little window here. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say like, and also this podcast was part of the problem of 2018 because it wasn't. Well, it wasn't a solution. Uh, no, it was. Uh, it was a great placebo. Is that a bad? Does that come off bad if I call this a placebo? Um, I feel like that's a nice thing to say, but I'm not sure if anyone else would agree with me on that. Uh, I don't know if it really fits the definition. Hmm. I mean, if people were listening to this podcast thinking it was going to solve their problems, then, then it would it be totally a placebo. Did. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you I think might... that listening to this podcast is going to solve your problems, then either you have really lightweight, easy to deal with problems, <laughs> or you are wrong. <laughs> you should feel great <laughs> about your problems if this podcast is well. Now, now I. I I'll say I've heard from some folks who have had some legit problems and downtimes that this podcast has helped them, and I don't want to take that away from them. Yeah, uh, yeah, because that would that would be me truly letting someone down, and I don't want to do that. Although uh, I did learn that from TFCon, um, we gained a new podcast listener who because uh, at TFCon at the podcast right. table we got four now. Yeah. Uh, there was, uh, like in the audience, I'd noticed cause there were some folks left over from, uh, from Colin's Q and a, and I remembered there was a point where, where folks were talking about, like there were, there were a bunch of con moms in the audience. And I was like, Hey, my mom's a con mom. When I was a, t a young teenager who was still in high school, my mom took me to a bot con. So I wanted to give a shout out to the con moms. Uh, and I believe one of them is now listening to this podcast cause she liked that panel. 
And so my immediate reaction was, oh, God, but I talk about so many weird things on this podcast. I hope that wasn't disappointing, but it sounds like it wasn't. So so uh, shouts out to that new listener uh, who I think has actually been listening for a couple months now. But I got notified of all this, and, and I, I wanted to give that a call out. Uh, Shout out to all the moms in the audience. Hell yeah. Hey, moms who take their kids to conventions and then also enjoy the convention and don't make their kids feel bad about being at the conventions. Like, that's a great thing, I think. That's needs to be. I'm happy that's still a thing that happens. Uh, in in the the twenty the roaring, no the pre roaring twenties the the meowing twenty tens the meowing tens because they're gonna grow up to roar. Anyway, Seth, I've been I've been postponing things because I don't know if you saw our topic list, even though I asked you off the recording if you looked at the topic list. But uh, oh boy, is the sky falling! So let's get right into it. Transformers are over. Well, they are. Pack it if, up. Pack if it they're in. Counterfeit. Let me begin. Hasbro press release. Trademark rights upheld in counterfeit Transformers product case. Uh, Third full party, press release. The party's over. Full press release is on Hasbro's website, thenewsroom.hasbro.com. The the quote on our front page on TFW is, We take the protection of our intellectual property very seriously, and we will continue to investigate and pursue those who infringe on our rights, said Terrence Sibley, uh, Hasbro's chief legal officer. And what a chief legal officer name that is. Chief legal officer, Terrence Sibley. Uh, quote, we are pleased with the ruling in this case. We'll continue to vigorously enforce our intellectual property rights to combat the manufacturing distribution of counterfeit products. Vigorously enforce is also a pretty darn good combination of words. Uh, so I saw this and I was like, huh, I wonder who got smacked in the wrist. Um, I assumed it was Wei Zhang because Wei Zhang has been straight up just like doing, you know, international outreach programs and, and being very transparent, uh, on Facebook uh, however, it was then pointed out to me, because I completely glazed past this, like, this press release came out this month. This press release is speaking about an, an incident that took place last year, in 2017. Uh, and this press release was about a favorable judgment in the Chinese court of what they did in 2017, which was a, uh, a I believe, like, a sort of raid on uh, a counterfeit company, uh, which times with the raid Bandai did on a counterfeit Gundam company and i actually was kind of assuming it was just the same warehouse i'm still not entirely sure but a lot of people saw this and went like the third as you said the third party is finally over uh it probably isn't because in a lot of cases as was pointed out to me on twitter and as i read more into this this is more about stuff that literally has transformers logos and stuff on the packages and is sold as transformers product and is is not yeah this Uh, sounds more like knockoffs than three p's and not and i mean before someone comes charging in to have that argument this sounds more like straight up counterfeit down to the logo use in the packaging uh you know where where someone might say oh but a a third party toy is an intellectual property knockoff uh everything about this seems to be like stuff that just has the transformers logo on it stuff that says optimus prime um there are there are lots of those knockoffs that don't get you know premier front page coverage because a lot of them are just counterfeit toys or they look kind of junky um so that, that's, I believe, what most of this is about. It was pointed out somewhere in the thread that it is likely a lot more complicated and expensive to pursue something that is like a toy that was not a Hasbro-designed physical piece whose name is like Bestus Firstus was the thing I saw. 
that happens to look like Optimus Prime. Like, that's a lot more difficult to pursue than something that's being sold as literally a Transformer down to the logo. Uh, yeah, wanna, like an actual... Yeah, like a... A uh, Power of the Primes, Optimus Prime in a p- box that looks like the Power of the Primes, Optimus Prime box that says Optimus Prime on the box and not like, I can't remember the name of any third party primes, but like, but yeah. not like quadruple you. Yeah. Or, which, or Huffy, you know? Like, yeah. Or yeah. Which is an original sculpt that looks a lot like something that already existed, but uh, it isn't a direct copy of a Hasbro figure. Yeah. And I'll say I'm make I'm going to make assumptions on Seth's part, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Neither of us are also making this case as though we're going like, see, see, third party toys are going to be fine. No one's going to touch our third party toys. It's just like the, the I'm I am pretty sure this is the reality of this case. Uh, like I mean I, I I like third party toys, so I don't want them to necessarily go away. But I just don't think that this case is the death knell of that stuff. It is more likely the death knell of ridiculous counterfeit pieces. Like you know. Uh, off the top of my head, I feel like the 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 fact that every single masterpiece transformer gets a knockoff in black masterpiece transformers packaging, where people have to come up with photo guides so you can tell which ones are the knockoffs and which ones aren't. That to me feels like the target of this. Yeah. Um. And I wouldn't even say it's the death nail for that. It might slow it down some. Yeah. But if someone's going to be making money. They're not done. They're just going to move somewhere else. Yeah, this is more like, you know, there is now legal precedent set and confirmed that that this stuff can be pursued on a raid the warehouse level. Which means that like, hey, I'm not getting the I'm not getting MP712. I'm going to get the KO of MP712. It's like, well, that's probably less likely to exist now. If we're going to talk about the company took MP712 tweaked the molds in three places, released it in completely different packaging with a new name. Maybe we're talking about a different story, and that might still be coming out. Although, <clears throat> I'd say that stuff is definitely a close enough tier that it's 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 definitely more risky to do that kind of stuff uh, in light of this. Yeah, but if this was a raid that happened last year, and we're almost to next year, mm-hmm. has there been a dent in those mp712s being available no there has not right they because they probably already (laughs) bounced to another place and now this this ruling might put a stop on the specific people that were running that operation but i bet there's already another operation or already two other operations that were running parallel that -hmm. they haven't caught yet it's gonna be like trying to put an end to napster Guess what? Um, you just gave birth to LimeWire. Okay, I was about to say, if we're talking about Napster specifically, I got some bad news. <laughs> yeah, well, no. You eventually kill Napster, but yeah. LimeWire and bread pudding, and I, I just made that one up, but it sounds like it could have been the I, name of one I of those. I thought that was real. I thought that was real. That sounds like a stupid file share service. Wow. <laughs> Yo, you want to start a file share service called bread pudding? I, I was like, did I miss bread pudding? When did bread pudding happen? 
Uh, I, I, what I'll say also from the, the press release is that whoever it was that did get caught definitely has had a dent put in their operations because uh, after a thorough investigation, three separate defendants, including two individuals and one corporate defendant, were found guilty of counterfeiting Hasbro's trademarks and fined by the court, and the two individuals were sentenced to jail time. Thousands of counterfeit Transformers products were confiscated and destroyed. This is all in the past tense. So, if this was a huge blow that puts the end to third-party toys with those consequences having already taken place, I suspect we would have noticed something over the last at least three months. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. There's all, this is always a, a, a little bit of a glass dome over a, a Petri dish that could come caving in at any moment. Yeah. But in this case, I don't think that the sky is imploding. Um, no, it's, only, it's, it's, it's kind of impressive that Hasbro got anything done. Yeah. Because as it has been well documented by a hot pink t-shirt that was sold for a limited time, everyone knows China don't care. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were able to get China to care for a minute, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I'm the only thing left that I didn't really clear up, I'd kinda like to know from my own information is like, was this Hasbro doing this on their own, or was this something that was spurred on by the Bandai initiative that went after the the fairly popular um third party gunpla company? Uh, whose name I can't remember because I don't know my gunpla super well. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if this was... Because I, I always when I saw that piece of news way back, I was like, is this going to start a chain of events? And I'm wondering if this is part of the chain or not. So hopefully someone can let me know in the thread. Uh, that would be cool to get clarified one way or another. But Seth, just because we dodged that bullet doesn't mean that we're Keanu Reeves in the Matrix. There's more oh. bullets a-coming. Yeah, I do not know Kung Fu. All right, well, that's a problem, because HasCon 2019 has been postponed. HasCon is over forever. HasCon has... Hope you liked it, because it dead forever, just like the third party. Turn off the lights. HasCon has gone. Oh, that's a good one. So, we had HasCon in 2017, and then they said the next one's going to be September 6th to 8th, in 2019 in providence rhode island at the dunkin donuts center i keep forgetting that's the name of that place uh so there's a brief announcement that's been up- uploaded which says has 2019 has been postponed our inaugural has in 2017 was a tremendous success thanks to fans like you and we want to ensure we're bringing the most exciting talent entertainment experiences and news to our future events please check back for updates or follow us etc etc uh has 2019 has been postponed uh so I that, bet that's... Brian Savage is still laughing hysterically at that news. Yep, just slapping <laughs> the table. <laughs> I, sh- I showed you all. Um, so you might think that maybe it's time for that there sky to start imploding. But Seth, I got I got a little bit of a, a bit of a twist for you in this story. What coming from? Was uh, it the trees the whole time? It was. They are the ones who are coming for us. Uh, I caught this myself on Twitter via uh, one Toku Chris, former admin of Toku Nation. You might know him as Kickback from TFGen3.com, who mentioned, and is probably quite right in this regard, that this is synchronous with the news that Hasbro is probably moving out of Rhode Island uh, and probably wanting to move to L.A., so they're probably not doing Hascon in Rhode Island, because they might be in the process of moving out of Rhode Island. Seems completely reasonable to me. Um, 
I, I was just scrolling down the thread. Someone did say it can only be postponed for four months, and it's not Hascon twenty nineteen anymore, and that that's also true. Uh, it might it might just get postponed indefinitely. They might uh, just say we're doing it in twenty twenty. Um, but if there is like a big movement of resources with that company going on, then this seems like the first thing to put off the table running an entire weekend long show in in their perhaps soon to be former backyard. Uh. I want to get this out there though because I know that my, not not just myself but a couple of folks in the area of of Ontario were thinking like hey getting to Rhode Island is quite reasonable maybe we should try going so now it sounds like it might be going away from Rhode Island and thus Ontario's out of luck uh I also heard that as good as the show was, it wasn't a thing to spend a weekend at. It was a thing to make as, into a day trip, so it's not like I'm feeling super gutted uh but Seth, what if what if the rumor is true that it's moving to your backyard? Are you going to become a are you are you in the whole family going to go check out a Hascon? Well, it's more like down the street than my backyard, and you got to cross several lanes of traffic to get there. <laughs> well, you got to get that influencer juice going, so they move it a couple blocks over and <laughs> yeah, move it to Oakland. Chewbacca mom just shows up knocking at your door saying she was told this is where she's staying. <laughs> Yikes. No thanks. <laughs> Whole um, lot of Hascon stuff I forgot about until this news came up. Well, here's how the sky is still falling for everyone. Everyone mm -hmm. else besides those who live in the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, all conventions, all geek fun conventions are going to be in LA before you know it. Or at least Southern California. Uh, we already there's already they started with San Diego Comic Con, and they're gonna have everything else. They bought WonderCon, moved it from San Francisco down to Anaheim. They're they're gonna move Hascon there forever. Um, it's never gonna be anywhere else. Uh, TFCon TFCon is going to be in the LA area forever. It's gonna be there in a couple months, and it's never gonna leave. That's true. Uh, even even the original Toronto TFCon moving to yep. LA for yeah, all time. Weird. New York Comic Con <laughs> moving to LA. Yeah, New York Comic Con LA edition coming soon. It's weird. It's all, called NYCCLAE. It's, it's yes. I don't get it. I, yes, all the different forms of packs, including the Australia one, all moving to LA. Yep. There, it's just going to be packs every other month. And then the the other people. This is bad all news the for Staples Center everyone living in la gonna they're gonna be like well who are we again <laughs> they, they already don't know because very few people are actually from la la is mostly people who have come from somewhere else thinking they're gonna be a movie star and uh -oh. they're not the most of them aren't that's why that's why pro football teams have not done well in la for a very long time is because nobody's from there they're nobody's home team Nobody cares mm. about the Rams and the Chargers being back in L.A. because nobody is from L.A. And they're if they're the from Rams L.A., the they've already gotten invested in, like, the Raiders or something from when the Raiders were down there. They're still holding on to the Raiders, even though the Raiders don't even care about where they're at now. I have never heard of the Rams or the Chargers. I've only they're heard of the Raiders. Professional American football teams. Oh. Do they do, they do well? Uh, not recently all right but neither are the raiders what do rams and chargers have to do with la uh actually wait well the chargers like you charge things on a credit card 
Okay. okay. Chargers, that's that's what they're named after. Credit cards. All right. Their helmet has a little uh little credit card on the side. Uh that's I mean that's branding. Yeah. Uh, what what do Raiders have to do with LA? Um, I don't know. What do they have to do with <laughs> Oakland? <laughs> I don't know. I'm at, I'm not from there. I'm just asking questions. Like I I, I tend to ask well, questions of any what is, sports what is, team. What do the Raiders have to do with uh Las Vegas? That's where they're moving. That's well. Hey, listen. What happens to people who go to Vegas? They get raided. Their wallets do. That was a it's gambling remark. It's remarking on, on the gambling in Las Vegas. Uh, anyway, don't take a gamble on Hascon 2019 happening in 2019 is what I'll say. Uh, I'd say be prepared for that to get bumped over, and I'd say that's not ruinous news, I'd just say that's realistic. Uh, and also, if you, like, like, I'm still looking forward to hearing how that whole thing goes. I hope that they keep doing it, because it sounded like 2017 worked, you know? As a one-day experience, anyway, it sounds like it worked. Um, so I'd like for them to get the chance to do that again. There is something, Seth, I'm tired of something. There's, there's a chance of something happening, of which I am to... What the hell is this photo that you just sent in the Discord? I, I just sent you a picture of the Raiders owner, Mark Davis. All right, for reference. And, and his haircut. That's a real young person's haircut. No, he's a, a grown-ass man. I know. But from his eyebrow level up, he looks very young. <laughs> It's like he's got the scalp of a four-year-old. Ugh, anyway, uh, he looks real happy. Um, what I was saying, Seth, is there's something I would like to see not happen for a while, as funny as it is, and that's Lorenzo de Bonaventura saying things. Uh, obviously, the sky is about to fall and implode, because... We got after after the real barn burner of I don't really of I don't really know what a, a reboot is. What is a reboot anyway? Um, with the footnote of I always hated Unicron. Uh, Lorenzo de Bonaventura uh, has come out with, with a piece of news that people have been excited about, which is we actually have an animated movie in the works that will tell the whole Cybertron mythology. The fans will love that. De Bonaventura teases. Uh, here, let, <laughs> Whether let me you tell like you, it or not? Yeah, apparently. Um, as a producer saying something's going to happen, that doesn't mean anything that goes beyond concept. So don't, don't start thinking like, all right, the, the, the scene people like talking about in, in a fairly recent movie, that's going to be a whole movie. That's not necessarily what that means. Um, doesn't mean like this would be bad news necessarily, but, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't start doing backflips yet. There's there's plenty of other stuff that's going to happen long before that happens. Um, However, there was another piece of, piece of news here. This is the real barn burner. Uh, and also, this guy's not falling. I just wanted to put that on the end of every uh, topic in the topic list. That's a behind-the-scenes spoiler. When speaking about a possible Optimus Prime solo movie, quote, We're trying to figure out an Optimus Prime solo movie. It will be hard with Optimus. He is always right, very stoic, and is a man of few words. It is kind of like saying, Let's do a movie about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because how much is oh. there to say about Obi-Wan? It's not yeah. so easy. <laughs> oh, Seth, you're having my reaction. Cool. <laughs> well, part of it is <laughs> I need to get a phone call with Kathleen Kennedy. Because mm-hmm. I have an idea for how to do an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie that Whoa. I really, I would really like to see. But how much is there to say about Obi-Wan? 
Well, that's the thing. You don't really make it about Obi-Wan. He's there. He's he's the one doing all the cool hero stuff. But it's check it out. I'm not gonna run down the whole thing because it takes several minutes. And I'm trying mm. to be I'm trying to be a good boy. Um it's really a, it's really a Baru Lars movie. Ooh. Tell you all Ooh. about it sometime. Maybe at the end. If you remind right. me at the end where we're we're not gonna make people angrier, um, maybe I'll run down my my idea. All right, all right. Obi Kenobi movie. You and McGregor. Let's get him in here. Let's get to work. Obi Kenobi, my, a Star Wars story. My favorite thing to say for for about about an hour after reading this in response to anything was how much is there to really say about Obi Wan? It's not so easy because because there's plenty. They they were they were like on the cusp of doing an Obi Wan Kenobi film. There are decades of the character's life. Uh, that are undocumented in canon for which th- an entire movie would easily occupy the space. Also, Optimus Prime is not always right. Uh, the crux of, I would say, 50% of the Optimus Prime stories ever written are about the difficulty of his role and the mistakes he makes. Uh, Optimus Prime's not a man of few words. He is, in fact, the most commonly speaking character in the last 10 years of Transformers films. Yeah, and everything he says <laughs> is, like, the most important thing that's ever been uttered. Yes, he is the first and last voice you hear in at least three of the Michael Bay Transformers movies. Uh, so, basically, I, I'm paraphrasing something I wrote down when I saw this, it's like the, the main, the main thing to take from that paragraph is the skill with which a practice producer can just dribble out like volumes of nothing, uh, and, and can fill up a half paragraph with a whole bunch of words that can make you have emo- emotive reactions, uh, while those words mean nothing. Uh, it like, like the phrase, how much is there to say about Obi-Wan? It is not so easy. That doesn't actually make any sense. How much <laughs> How much is there to say it is not so easy? That doesn't make any sense. That's occupying time. That's all that that is. Uh, and that's the majority of what Lorenzo de Bonaventura does, is, is occupy time uh, and make lots of money. So, you know. I haven't seen him bandied about on a front page in a little while, so seeing this sudden resurgence of him showing up when coincidentally a movie is reviewing well is uh, is I, I just find quite amusing. Uh, oh, well, we're getting more L.A. Raiders f- photos here. <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders, get it right. Sorry, LV Raiders. Um, well, what this is doing to me is make me think Lorenzo doesn't know anything about Transformers. Correct. And the <laughs> the more involved he is with Transformer movies, the worse it's going to be. Um, I haven't seen Bumblebee yet. Uh, I hope to go on Tuesday. Um, mm. But from all accounts, it's the Transformer movie everyone wanted from the beginning. Um, I I kind of get the feeling that if it's as good as people say then it's despite Lorenzo, not because of Lorenzo. It's very... This isn't about the movie, but we saw a featurette after the advanced screening, which, hey, guess guess who was in it? Lorenzo de Bonaventura, uh, who had the perpetual appearance of, of half-leaning back in a chair in this very specifically irritating way. And 
the like already this is this is real petty let me just lay out right now this is a real petty thing i'm just on a, i'm on a real like petty kick here so so bear in mind i am being immature and petty with this i'm petty you know how people call it g1 right i do and you know how that probably shouldn't be something you could get wrong given like the years Thanks. and years of, of on a hasbro level people calling it g1 Moment Lorenzo de Bonaventura pops and he's like, we like to, we brought it back to what the fans want. It's real Gen 1. We wanted a Gen 1 look. <laughs> and I was like, I was, I mean, this is, this is, like I said, this is real. Anyone out there, you can tell this is a petty thing. This isn't important. But for whatever reason, I just sat there just like, you know, one cheek in one palm. It's kind of like, huh, Gen 1. That's an interesting way to get that wrong. But good on you. And it was also incredible how much he seemed to, without saying that he had anything to do with it, his tone came off as though he's the one who came up with the idea of referencing the 80s and Transformers, uh, which was pretty great. Um, anyway, that, I just wanted to do some more Lorenzo de Bonaventura stuff, because the guy makes tons of money making films and uh, can deal with it. Um, Seth, I think you're going to have a good time with that movie. It's pretty good. In fact, Seth, we've got one more news item related to that movie. Oh boy. I'm about to take you on a roller coaster ride. Okay. All right. Pull the safety bar down. K Clunk. Now, woo, that's not a roller coaster ride. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so, for the things. benefit of the listeners, I've just been spamming Vangelis <laughs> with pictures of Oakland, soon to be LA Raiders owner, Mark Mike Davis. Oh, no, Mark Davis. I had it right. Uh, yeah, Mark Davis. And then uh, just to mix it up a little bit, I shot a picture of the previous owner, his poppy, his his daddy dearest, um, Al Davis, uh, the ghoul himself. Oh, that's Dav what he's called. Yeah, the 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 Raiders ownership is a interesting looking bunch. <laughs> well, good for them, you know. You got everyone's got to find something to do. Hey, they're rich. They can do whatever. They can be as ugly as they want. I gotta. Okay, I gotta pull the safety bar down. You can't. Right, you let's can't, go. Let's you can't go. Weasley we, come on. Out of this, out of this stop, stop, ride here. Stop getting distracted. Yeah. You need damn to stop it. getting distracted. All right. You Seth. need to learn how to ignore this nonsense. <laughs> he's looking at me and doing a weird hand gesture. And yeah, why are there two band aids on his head? I don't know. <laughs> but any second now, lightning bolts are going to come shooting out of those fingers. I know. So I'm going to close that window. Uh, all right. So. Transformers Bumblebee, Seth, uh -huh. is now certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but it's a box office flop. The You're sky is falling. Jumping ahead here. This isn't the roller coaster <laughs> ride. You're supposed to be all like certified fresh. Whoa. And it's like, but it also but. is not making enough money to have made back triple its budget. No, no. Oh, even though this report was before the movie had even opened in Europe, let alone anywhere in the Asian continent. But the, that part well, tends to... You don't out. make money in Asia. Right. When have movies ever made money in China? It's, it doesn't happen, does it? Uh, and so you're like, huh, well, so, that's, so, so up, certified fresh, down, not enough money, up, it's going to open in other continents, down... Aquaman to impact Transformers Bumblebee. And I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? So I went to take a look. Aquaman uh, drowned Bumblebee. Because I'm, I'm like, we already have this really insipid habit of coming up with ways to make it sound like movies are physically fighting. 
when they open in around about the same time. So when I'm like, it's going to Aquaman is there to fend off Bumblebee in China. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. So I'm going to go read this. And it's like Aquaman has been granted an extension of theatrical release in the mainland. Uh, so usually foreign movies only get to show for 30 days, but it can be extended for an extra month if requested. Uh, Aquaman was supposed to end next week and allow Bumblebee to go from January 4th to February 2nd, which I also find weird as far as wording, to be honest. Uh, however, Warner Brothers requests another 30 days and it's been approved, <laughs> meaning Aquaman will show at the same time as Bumblebee for another month. Uh and something about Mary Poppins that I saw on Twitter. I just wanted another word in there to smash together in the topic list. I don't remember what that was about anymore. Mary Poppins is a movie. Um, I think made another million over the 50. Like, they made 53 million and Bumblebee made 52 million or something. More money than any of us will ever have as humans. Yeah, well, uh, Aquatic Man and Mary Poppins have been outperforming Bumblebee, even though... They are scoring far lower on Rotten Tomatoes. Are um, you implying to me that conflating a movie's quality with its specifically release weekend financial success is maybe a misguided algorithm? Are you? Yeah. Are you well, also, <laughs> there's a bunch of big movies all coming out like at the same time. Yeah, you know, now I don't know Not anything. Not all of them are going to win. I demonstrably don't know anything about the film industry. However, it almost no. seems as though having all of these movies come out in December turned December into a bit of a term I made up, a bit of a quote-unquote death slot uh, for for these films to coexist in, as apparently all of their simultaneous theatrical debuts over the course of like five weeks or so has apparently detrimentally affected all of them. Uh, resulting in a real fisticuffs across uh, fandoms as people, you know, get the word out, hey, go support my fandom's film. Because um, apparently they'll all cease to exist if you don't. Uh, well, it, when you look at the top five for last weekend, um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have guessed the order. Like, I wouldn't have guessed Aquaman being in the top because of how just piss poor DC movies have been doing. Mm -hmm. I never would have guessed that between Aquaman, Mary Poppins, Bumblebee and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and the Grinch, like, wait, what that Grinch? Well, Grinch is number six the last weekend. There's a Grinch movie out right now. Hello. You are (laughs) awful at Hollywood. (laughs) You don't know anything about movies. Nope. Yeah, the ben, ben, Benedict Cumberbatch is the what? Grinch. What? Yeah, it's an animated Grinch movie. It looks horrible. Um, for like a month, every Amazon shipping box had the Grinch on it. I thought that was a joke. No, that's cross promotion, baby. That sounds like one of those jokes people make up of like, huh, next thing you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be the Grinch. Oh, that Grinch movie looks real bad, but it's a christmas themed movie coming out at christmas time so and and it's for kids it's the kids movie the parents drop the kids off then the parents go see um welcome to marwin or something um (laughs) so 
but yeah, I would not have expected Aquaman to be on the top because the DC movies have not done well. Who would have thought everyone would have been like, all right, now that Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are out of the way, we could finally get down to the real business of Cal Drogo as Aquaman. I so, I mean, uh, good, good for DC. They yeah. got a hit. Whoever would have thought the big hit DC comic book character that was going to have the big giant movie was going to be Aquaman out of everybody. Yeah. Who would have picked Aquaman out of all the super friends? I'm who happy for an Aquaman. I'm happy for James Wan because I, I like James Wan mostly. I mean, I have actually seen a lot of his stuff. I just really like the first Saw film in a in a vacuum, and I really specifically like James Wan on commentary. So I'm happy for him. Uh, I think there's definitely a certain aspect to Aquaman, which is the inherent attraction of Jason Momoa, uh, who who is definitely got some of that Rocky Maivia uh, charisma going on. Uh, like, dude just happens to look really cool no matter what he's doing. And like, if I were just sort of standing there, no attachment to any of these films, but I want to go see a movie, I'd look at that poster and probably go like, you know, that's probably going to be cool. Um, but yeah, uh, what a roller coaster we've been on, um, caring about the box office results and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I should, I'll add the specification I added when I was yelling about this on Twitter, but like, obviously these results do matter if you want to see <clears throat> a sequel to the movies that you like. And you know, I, I want to see a sequel to Bumblebee in that same tone. So I have a yeah. vested interest in that movie doing well enough that they want to do another one like that. And th- that, that might, may well be at risk. Like we'll see, yeah, but like, um, I'm not surprised Bumblebee is kind of in the middle because yeah. there was a lot of fatigue and a lot of people getting sick of the Bay movies. Yeah. And a so lot there's going to be a lot of people who don't know that this is different and they think it's just going to be more Michael Bay crap. And tons of people I've talked to outside of the fandom, by tons I mean like f- five, because I get out a lot. Uh, there are plenty of folks I've encountered who did not know that Michael Bay was was uh, not only not directing, but also was not a producer who was basically directing, as one might say he was on the first live-action Ninja Turtles movie he produced. Um, they, like, you don't really detect him in this film, so... A lot of folks were surprised when I told them that, and then were like, oh, maybe I'll go check it out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's a good time. I work for Hasbro. Go see the movie, please. Make us some money. Um, No, I am not surprised Mary Poppins is near the top. I would have been less surprised if it was the top. I hmm. am surprised that Spider-Man is so low. So I got... I've been reading up on that a little bit, um, even though they've confirmed that they're now working on, like, two separate sequels to it. So it's like, all right, I guess it's safe. But the Spider-Verse's treatment in the box office is indicative of kind of this greater thing where a lot of a lot, at least I'm like, I'm kind of zeroing in on North America when I say this. But there's a lot of folks, average Joe folks on the road, when they see a cartoon, they're like, ha, kids, and then like walk away from it. Uh, and Spider-Verse is definitely bringing back a lot of that that conversation because that movie is legitimate art. Uh, it's legitimate love for a medium, and a lot of that is getting kind of backwashed ain't the right word, but it's it's getting diminished in the public eye mostly because it's animated, uh, which is a shame because I, I, mean, I don't need to tell you it's a good movie. Everyone's already done that. But, yeah. Uh, again, uh, it's another movie I haven't seen yet, but I very much want to. Yeah. 
Like if you had to, like honestly, I want everyone to see Bumblebee because I think that movie deserves it, and I'd, I'd like to see another one in that tone. But if you could only see one movie, like it, it would have to be Spider Verse. Every other movie in the box office right now, you could see at home and get a decent experience. Spider Verse has stuff that warrants seeing it in a big screen with a big sound system at a theater. Uh, all of the other ones, I, I don't I, like. I've I've only seen Spider Verse and Bumblebee. I am making an assumption about Aquaman. That it is good, but I can watch it at home and feel just as good about it. Uh, Spider-Verse, I think you might actually lose a little something if you don't get to see it in the big screen. Um, so well, I guess my, I'm a franchise traitor. <laughs> well, my girlfriend's 80-something-year-old mother saw Aquaman and loved it. Hmm. Said that all the underwater stuff was beautiful and that the guy playing Aquaman was also beautiful. <laughs> So, okay, I'm not, and I'm not throwing the movie under the bus, but I was about to say, my mom was like, I kind of want to see Aquaman. It's like, oh, really? Why? She's like, that Jason Momoa looks good. And so I was like, you know, I bet that was part of the calculation. And also, I don't disagree. (laughs) So I was going to say, I wasn't going to say, but in the moment you said uh, 80-something-year-old mom, I was like, I wonder if Jason Momoa is part of the factor that made it an enjoyable experience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like when I went to see the original Thor movie with my 59 or 60-year-old mother. I don't remember exactly how old she was at the time. Mm -hmm. The scene where Chris Helmsworth has his shirt off, she just went, oh. (laughs) And it made that scene really uncomfortable. <laughs> some of that beefy I'm like, dude. I'm sitting next uh, to my mom and she's perving out. <laughs> and some of that beefy dude cheesecake. It, you know, it still works in the, in the 2010s. <laughs> Good on them. Sex uh, sells, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I Jason Momoa, I think, is just something else, too. Like, you, you saw, have you seen that photo going around of him with his bodyguards? I use a lowercase yeah. b when I say that. <laughs> Because I, I love the caption on that that was 100% true, where it's like, those aren't his bodyguards, those are the sub-bosses you fight before you fight the main boss. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I saw that, ca- or well, I saw every raid boss has his ads, <laughs> and I saw a, a comment of, what even are his bodyguards for? <laughs> <laughs> Weapons. <laughs> yeah, he picks them up and starts swinging them around. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, that, that's about all I think we got on that one. Seth, I hope you enjoy Bumblebee. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to see it on Tuesday. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's why we haven't got like a, you know, like release weekend podcast up is also, I still want to see it one more time. Um, well, and, I'm and not... also it's been Christmas and stuff and who's people have been busy, man. It's almost as though the Christmas season is a sort of a, I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's almost like it's a sort of a quote-unquote death slot for some films when people are really busy and they, they can't see every movie that comes out during the Christmas season. Uh, that's what I heard on, on uh, LiveJournal, anyway. That's, you know, a friend of mine's, they were, they were, they were talking about that on there. And um, speaking of Rotten Tomato ratings, can we just get rid of the audience score? I would love it if we also got rid of the aggregator and the site, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Only, and it's not Rotten Tomatoes' fault either. It's the fault of everyone who has ever, in an argument, said, yeah, but the Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, it's, it's somewhere between that and – because also off of this whole thing of financial success, 
I've been in at least one conversation where we're talking about the quality of a movie and then without impetus, the next line in the conversation that I didn't say was, yeah, but oh, it didn't perform super well on the opening weekend. And I, and I was I was like, I don't know how to reply to that because I didn't make it and I don't care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you have a stake in it? Um, yeah, but it's just recent. Like, well, ever since that female Ghostbuster movie. Mm. Um, people have been pointing to the audience score as proof that professional reviewers are all shills. Obviously, yes, yeah. (laughs) But it just takes a gang of trolls to make the audience score useless. Yes. And I was watching a video where they were breaking down audience score on Rotten Tomatoes and, like, showing, like, examples of movies that had like a radically different audience score and the majority of the audience were like accounts that were made in the last couple of weeks of the movie coming out Mm -hmm. and the only reviews that they posted were for that specific film the audience score is easily manipulated probably more so than trying to buy off critics (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's, le- it it's less anything. expensive the, this is and this is kind of what i was talking about with with like the whole like let's pit the franchises against each other is it's like when people like there's this sort of thing this isn't my idea this is just like a topic of conversation but like there's this sort of idea nowadays with people where it's like if i don't like it anymore uh then it must be destroyed uh because i certainly can't just walk away from watching it uh my my lifestyle is that i am a fan of a, a genre so you get these like audience score things which are then almost entirely just seen as like a way to weaponize oneself uh for the cause all capitals so it's like i didn't like that franchise film therefore it must be destroyed I will now go and do my part in its destruction by leaving it a poor audience score. You know, it's like no one actually wants to leave uh, their thoughts on the film. They want to participate in either the 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 praise or the destruction of a, of a corporate icon. Yeah, well, uh, and it could also be, and in the example that this video was pointing out, where it's a big budget Hollywood movie that is not doing well with the critics... And then they're sending in goons to bump bump up the audience score. Yeah, and that's what that's that's one of the the nasty things that franchise loyalty engenders is like, you know, we've got to like like you know on the converse side like with with Bumblebee, uh, as much as I'm also behind it, like I got you got to have that little real moment of like, you know, if you're doing it, at least say to yourself, I am participating in the franchise cheerleader squad to try to prop up the franchise movie I like granted partly because right now the tone seems to be, if it doesn't do well, it must be destroyed. So I I can also see where that's coming from, but uh, stuff like rotten tomatoes irritates me so much uh, these days. Cause it's, it's all, it's only ever used as a weapon uh, often a pointless one, often like a big, a big ass, like call to authority in the, the vein of like talking about hobbies and entertainment. Uh, but yeah, I'm, that, that gets me on a whole bunch of topics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if, before we roll on, if I could say one more thing about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. All right. Um, all coming from someone who, again, has not seen the movie yet. I hate it. So <laughs> for years now, there has been kind of a surge online of people pressing for a Miles Morales-led Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. Enter the Spider-Verse is introducing the wider audience 
to Miles Morales. That's cool. Also, I love the idea of a established aging Peter Parker passing on his knowledge to this new Spider-Man. Like, I think that's a cool, like, I, I don't think it has to be Peter Parker or Miles Morales. I love the idea of these two characters coexisting. Mm-hmm. And I my gonna... only concern with into the spider verse, maybe not making giant blockbuster money is Sony will look at that and go, we got to get rid of this miles Morales kid. Oh, that's the problem. Well, the, 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 I, I had that worry, um, going into this month with all of these films going into, you know, what the layman might call this death slot. Uh, but I saw the headline that apparently the current reaction internally to Spider-Verse is, uh, we're planning multiple sequels and we already have someone writing a movie that still has Miles and, and Gwen, you know, being referenced in it, et cetera, et cetera. So it sounds like, it sounds like that ain't the problem, uh, or it's right. not the problem. That ain't a problem. Um, it's I th- not I th- the problem that the studio decided. Yeah. I th- which I think is that- good because like. Now I'm going to reference the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes because I went there to look at oh, the no. box office numbers. Hold but me so back. <laughs> the, well, the the official reviewer rating for Spider-Man is 97%. The audience score is 94%. So this would indicate to me, assuming that you can't prove that there was a bunch of Sony shills bumping up the number, it would give me the impression that the audience doesn't have a problem with the concept of miles, which is a good sign. Like, and I haven't heard, I, I, I even from like the awful people online, mm-hmm. the comics gate types, like I haven't caught wind of a big, like, Oh, miles. Oh, get rid of them. Like no one seems to have a problem with miles, which is good, but that doesn't mean awful studio executives wouldn't look for a scapegoat <laughs> oh for sure i i think that part of the reason why it sounds like the internal noise about spider-verse uh is positive despite it not like being a top ranker is the the kind of the nice side of the double-edged animation sword where i i suspect i suspect as a layman who doesn't know anything that the the money people are like well it's doing pretty good for a cartoon would be kind yeah. of the tone, uh, which doing is better sort of, than that Grinch. Yeah, it's doing better than that Grinch. Don't do any more Grinch movies. <laughs> some some guy running a podcast didn't even know it existed. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, so it looks real bad. I, I think I think you know what? Then then maybe maybe I'm the one who's who's super on the ball. I, it, it looks bad, and I knew it somehow on a on a, a multi dimensional level, and thus <laughs> I never even knew it existed. You know, the self that is here. Uh, but yeah, I'm I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you think of Bumblebee and Spider Verse. Uh, Something th- disappointing about the Grinch, directed by Scott Mosier. Oh That's man! Too bad. Oh man! <laughs> I, I, I I would like Scott Mosier to do well. I'd like this <laughs> everything to do with the Smodcast to do um on a whole to do a little better than it feels like it's all been doing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I still like all those folks. Yeah. Uh, just uh, every time I catch one of their projects, I'm like, no, I, I like I can tell. I'm like, no, I don't actually. I think if it wasn't them, I'd have a lot worse stuff to say about this. I definitely have bias. 
<laughs> in, my, in my eyes. Well, it's co-directed by someone named Yarrow Cheney. I don't know who that is. I'm sure it's their fault. They're the Miles Morales of the Grinch. Oh, boy. <laughs> Strong words. <laughs> the Miles Morales of the Grinch is, is one of those phrases that needs to be just presented out of context someday. <laughs> well, then everyone will assume that whoever Yarrow is must be awesome. Yeah. Because everyone seems to love Miles. Yeah, that's a you know it's, he's pretty good in that film. It's a it's a I don't know. Good I haven't film. seen it yet. Stop spoiling it. Yeah. Stop spoiling, <laughs> spoiling the movie. Miles Morales has. I'm going to be one of those people. No oh, spoiler. Miles Morales has dialogue in the movie. Oh, it's a fake Here, I'm spoiler. Just, I'm sending you another Mark Davis picture that oh. represents my oh, my no. <laughs> represents the, how I feel about you spoiling the spider-man movie this is the first mark davis <laughs> photo i've been sent where he's not smiling he, he looks quite stern it's casting a, a sour eye in my direction uh not a, not well, if you keep it up his... i'm gonna send you this thin mike davis or mark davis oh man thin, they made a... thin mark davis is way grosser looking than chubby mark davis <laughs> you got the, it's the mark davis verse uh anyway seth we, we got a listener question that I, I want to jump into. And, All and, right, and, let's jump into it. Go, oh, man, he doesn't look well. <laughs> no. Uh, so to go with our overall theme of uh, of disappointment with this podcast, because uh, the sky is falling, it's not. I, I, this actually has nothing to do with the theme, but this happens to be a, a question that, that's about uh, regret. Um, this comes from Riddler87. Who says, hi, Chris and WTF and TFW crew. I have a question for you about Masterpiece figures, but it's not your usual Masterpiece question. I usually don't spend over $50 on my Transformers. It's just how I always budget my collecting. Needless to say, this rules out higher-end figures like Masterpiece and third-party stuff. However, last May, I was at an anime convention, and a vendor was selling Masterpiece figures. I looked at his booth every day, and on Sunday, after I bought everything else I was eyeing at the con, I decided I was going to join the Masterpiece Club. Uh, I remembered having G2 Sideswipe as a kid, so I bought the original MP12 Sideswipe. The asking price for the figure was 80 bucks, and after checking Big Bad, it sounded like a reasonable price. However, after taxes and a fee for using my debit card, Sideswipe ah. ended up being closer to 90 bucks. I felt like the vendor kind of fast-talked me, and in the moment, I just kept nodding and agreed to those little fees as he kept adding them on. Uh, I got him home, and while I do like the figure, I almost have a feeling of resentment towards it every time I see it. I think, congratulations, you paid 90 bucks for a fancy alternator. It usually doesn't bug me uh, how much I spend on toys. Ooh. I've imported Common Rider and Super Sentai toys before, and the last time I splurged on Transformers, I used part of my tax return to buy Fortress Maximus and Trypticon. But they're huge toys, and I can understand why they're 150 bucks at retail. So what I'm wondering is if anyone on the podcast has ever felt this way about a figure. Have you ever resented a figure maybe because it reminds you of a bad memory or a feeling that you maybe felt like you got cheated when you bought it how did you deal with this did you get over it or did you sell the figure thanks for all the great work over the past 10 years from you guys i wish you guys nothing but the best and happy holidays and a happy new year click uh i have an answer for this that has nothing to do with toys but seth before i do that do you do you have any any situations like this like any figures you've gotten where you just even got home even and we're just like ah. first of all fancy alternator that is a savage comment woof i disagree with <laughs> woof Masterpieces are way better than fancy alternators. Also, here's how you get over the fact of um, not wanting to spend more than $50 on a Transformer. That's a perfectly logical thing to think if you're buying lots of Transformers. Um, I've to, I, I think I've gone the other way where I'm probably only going to be collecting Masterpieces for the foreseeable future 
there's so much fewer, you're likely going to end up spending less money if your plan is to save money. Maybe just buy those figures, even if they're more expensive. Do what you want. Collect how you want. Do what makes you happy. Maybe you want more. Uh, that's cool. Anyway, um, man, yes, to the point of the question. Um, there have been multiple toys from multiple lines that I have felt regret for after getting uh, pretty much anything Microman I've ever acquired. Man, um, that's a that's a big sad yes from me because I love it, but also yeah. I agree. I got that Comic Con set from a couple years ago, where it was like old school style Microman figures. Yeah. And as soon as I got the box open and got my fingers on them and felt how junky they were, I was instantly disappointed. And that's been like every Microman thing I've ever gotten. Like I always look at them and go, "Man, Microman, um, fantastic! I'm totally getting some of this." And then it's like, ah, oh, it's just, it's never what I think it is. <laughs> yeah, all those ones from the early 2000s with the colorful chrome armor and everything that all look badass. And I bought, I bought like a, a decent amount of them. Uh, the, the Batman as well, um, the, the Catwoman. Uh, and then like they all look good. Everything about them is fine. But like they were like one of the first times, and I didn't know it at the time, but like like I know now they did not give me good hand feel whatsoever. Like they, they felt just bad to me for what I need from tactile feedback. And it sucks. Cause I love a ton of their style. The design work is perfect. Uh, they felt so bad. <laughs> I, I, uh, last year sold all of them to cherry bomb toys. Uh, cause I, cause I was like, I know there are people who love these who won't have that problem. And I, I don't want to just sit here hoarding these things that I'm afraid to touch anymore. Yeah. Um, now, a Transformer example of that, um, the one that comes to mind right away is the Big Bad Toy Store exclusive Seacons reissue. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was a huge bummer. Nobody could have predicted. Yikes though no one could have predicted that sticker holy sheet holy crap because <laughs> it was the a set of knockoffs might have been better <laughs> yeah 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 well i mean i i mostly focus on that sticker sheet because i feel like that sticker sheet was like just another it was a step up like everything else you're like yeah mold degradation yeah yeah but then that sticker sheet as i recalled anyway was like printed on a napkin and <laughs> it was a bummer and it was so expensive yeah and it's still in stock at Big Bad Toy Store for a hundred dollars. Wholesale price, you know. <laughs> it was, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, I was, was uh... when I was moving, I came across it, and I and I was like, I should just put, I should just throw this away. I should just put this in the garbage and not move it. <laughs> I hate these. They make me mad. I'm so mad. I'm holding them mad. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... So for Transformers, I, I can't think of one that's been necessarily like that off the top of my head. That, that's been, like, that bad. I think that, like, the closest I've come to that was 
I and I, I did reviews of them and I liked them, but also after I reviewed them, the Guto Kuru Master Force human figures literally did not know what to do with them. because uh, they just didn't connect with me after a certain period of time had passed. Uh and then I was like, man, these were kind of expensive too. <laughs> or at least one of them was. I can't I think I think I might have gotten one of them as a as a a review copy many many years ago i can't remember but i they started to be a thing that took up a lot of space where i was like i could put so many things in there that i like more um so i guess i didn't resent them that much but i, I they were one of the first transformers things where uh in in recent memory i can remember just like kind of eagerly uh selling on and passing on uh i've had some transformers that like i still have them but like there was a good long period where they gave me a, a couple of them gave me a real bad memories um cheated when i bought it so so oh yeah so this relates to riddler 87 directly to your case because like like technically what i'll say is being completely fair um the seller i don't think really fast talked you into the taxes and the fee for the debit card i think that if anything the seller probably could have been more upfront about that if the seller was not upfront about that um most of the time in a dealer room, I found. I mean, maybe it's an American debit card thing, but I found like like sellers will just round up the prices a whole lot to bundle those in with the prices to just get rid of the uh, what those in the tabletop gaming industry have referred to as the feel bad of of running into that stuff. However, having said that, every time I order takeout food and I don't have cash and I think it'll be fine. Domino's guy shows up at the door. I'm like, I gotta I gotta pay debit. And he's like, All right. And then it's like debit fee, and I just sit there going like, "This is this is all adding up to being like I'm paying an extra, I'm I'm paying well over ten extra dollars for this pizza than what I thought I was going to pay for it back when I was really hungry and I didn't care, but now I suddenly care, and now I re- I resent this pizza somewhat." So Domino's resent- is taking your card at the door. Uh, yeah, in Canada we have we have uh, debit at the door. We've had it for a while. Uh-huh. No, you would just order online here and have already paid for it. So and then Dom- they just give you the wrong order and run away before you notice. And Domino's Canada does not let you pay online. I wonder if maybe specifically for that reason. <laughs> oh, man. But I, also, when I resent the pizza, the way I deal with it is I eat that pizza real violent. And I'm like, well, now I just friggin' ate you. So I got you back for doing that to me. Because <laughs> you're gone. You're dead. I ate you. Um, I've, I've, I'm done with Domino's. The, they screwed up like three orders in a row and the last time they screwed it up so bad and then continued to keep screwing it up that uh <laughs> like like they they forgot part of the order yeah and i call and i go hey man i'm missing this stuff and like oh, okay well we'll get it out to you two hours later hey man that stuff never came and like oh it's sitting here we didn't know if you wanted it or not and i'm like my dude i I paid for it, right? He's like, well, do you want us to bring you this one or make a fresh one? I'm like, that one is two hours old. <laughs> Just get it over here. Yeah. Like, as fast as you can. Do you want us to make you a fresh one? <laughs> like, at this point, no. I thought he said, and after he said, that, I was done. I thought when you said they kept screwing it up. It was going to be like, they just kept bringing the ingredients over. And going like, no, we'll make it there. <laughs> oh, forgot the flour. Oh, forgot the yeast. That's all right. They get in your oven because you're like, whatever, I guess this is happening. Oh, forgot the tomato paste. Hang on. We'll be back. Just hold, keep the oven going at, at, at 80 for another hour. Uh, 
I also have had so so uh, specifically the way I've dealt with toys that give me you know bad memories is basically I sell them. Um, so I, like I have I had a figure in the recent years that had some bad memories attached to it. Nothing to do with the figure, more to do with uh, what I was doing with it at the time. And then the, you know some some really nasty stuff happened. And then the next day to kind of just move on in the 24 hour window. I was like, I will just cut this review together that I was in the middle of making. And it happened to be this figure. Uh, the, the review, if you want to go check it out, by the way, cause you'll never tell that that was happening was the third party Krang, the third party Ninja Turtles Krang, whose name I can't remember. Uh, is that, that Goken Krang, uh, about a year later, I very eagerly was just like, I think I, I, I can't remember if I sold that online or at a, on a table, but I was very happy to get that out of here. Um, because of the nature of the last time I interacted with it, uh, I decided it was cursed and I, I didn't want anything to do with it anymore. Um, in your case, what I'd say is put, put, put masterpiece sideswipe on a shelf, walk away for like two months, come back. If you still hate it, then sell it. Um, although I don't, I don't know that you're necessarily going to get 90 bucks back for it. But I'm not going off one of our previous stories. I'm not actually sure anymore because it's a masterpiece transformer. It's a car robot. That means there are a bajillion knockoffs of it on the aftermarket. Therefore, if you look on eBay for masterpiece sideswipes, you'll see tons of them selling for like like thirty to fifty bucks. But those are all the knockoffs. Uh, if you're able to imply clearly that it is a real one, then you might be able to get something back for it. But I would just say give it give it a couple months. And then come back to it and see if, like, coming at it from a fresh view, if, you know, maybe you just, you know, you'll have forgotten about the whole the whole nonsense of it. And then you just kind of go, like, hey, this is a neat toy for a fancy alternator. <laughs> uh, fancy alternator is, is one I got a bank for later. That's a good one. Um, hope that answers your question, by the way, uh, Riddler87. Seth, let's talk about what we got this week. It's that time. It's that place. Is that time? It's Christmas time. Oh, jingle bells. Yeah. Uh, Seth, let's talk about Transformers that we might have gotten in the last week or so. Did you, did you acquire any Transformers in the, in the Yule Tides? Nope. Oh. So the local Target got the deluxe um, or for Cybertrons in, and I had gotten those too. Mm. And I have not seen them again since oh boy it's over <laughs> transformers pack it up pack yep. it in let me begin <laughs> or for cybertron if you're looking for it it's a sin <laughs> coming soon to k to keep rhyming um yeah no no i <laughs> i expect that it's just like the next time there's a restock yeah uh but again I am trying to be much pickier because uh, I am trying not to get into a bad financial situation. Um, my changes in cost of living the last couple of years have caught up to me mm -hmm. and I can't keep coasting trying to live like I'm paying dirt cheap rent because I'm not I'm paying a mortgage. Um, so I'm trying to focus more on like stuff that I super duper want instead of just like, well, it's all the new stuff. I got to get all the new stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably going to focus more on, uh, 
like masterpieces and stuff like that. And the uh, ongoing saga of Huffers. Yeah, and there are some of uh, these were for Cybertron figures that I am I'm still interested in, and will probably want to check out. Um, so we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I feel I feel guilty because I, I I got a bunch of Transformers. Uh, I can you should talk feel about guilty. Lately. I got, you yeah, should I feel, feel bad about yourself. I feel what do you call it? Survivor's guilt. All this Transformers I can talk about. Uh, Seth, I'll, I'll run. I, I'm digging up. I'm digging up pictures so that we mm. can uh, we can illustratedly uh, run True. through all of this. Um, the main thing I, that I got a hold of that I kind of want to talk about is uh, I'll send you a, a thread on Twitter. What has a bunch of photos in it? Um, I got a hold of Unique Toys Challenger. It's the Unique Toys uh, rendition of Movie Four and Five. Uh, Michael Bay Optimus Prime in his most superior physical form, that of uh, deranged Blood Knight uh, Optimus Prime. Uh, My favorite version of the character uh, from the best of the G1 movies, Age of Extinction. Uh, The thing about this toy that's really cool is this is the same designer, apparently, who did their movie Lockdown, who had this kind of magical transformation uh, that also was very much based on on chunks of stuff uh, and not lots of little panels on ball joints. It was lots of chunks of stuff that had very linear movements and lots of lock-in tabs and stuff. Uh, Same story on this, and this is is basically an even better design. Uh, it's, it's slightly more articulate in robot mode. Articulation suffers in a few spots because the transformation is the feature and, uh, the transformation is gorgeous. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, it's doing a lot of magical stuff. You look at the robot mode and you borderline can't believe it will turn into a truck. Uh, and then transforming it. I'm not like, like I I might be misleading when I say it's not hard. I don't think it's a hard transformation. It's complex, but it, it very much leads you through what's going on. And then when you're finished, you're just like, what did I just do? Uh, one of those photos, I have one of his arms slash chest sides transformed into part of the truck, and it's like that part of the truck attached to his shoulder turns into an arm and basically the right half of his chest, uh, and not very complexly either. Um, he's fairly tall, He's 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 got some decent weight to him in the right places, but that, that transformation's the feature, and it's it's just fantastic. I really like Challenger. Um, Alien Attack have got a version of this out called El Cid, which apparently looks more screen accurate, also apparently is complete garbage to transform, so that loses any attraction I would have to it. Uh, also, Alien Attack is apparently, like, redoing El Cid from the ground up, and, uh, I, I have very little faith that will turn out well, but, you know, we'll see. Um... I really like Challenger, and uh, I'm super looking forward to this designer's take on uh, on Movie 5 Megatron, which is the next one that they're doing. Um, and also, you know, it's it's a movie robot, and now we are in an era where looking at, at specifically movie robots from the last two movies feels suddenly extremely anachronistic. But uh, I, I like this design still, and I'm, I'm, I'm really into this as a figure. Uh, so Seth, that's one of that's one of the things I got in the last couple Ooh. weeks. Um, I was just scrolling down to my pictures to make sure it's in there. Do you see the Do you see the one? Do you see the picture I took with the 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 legs? But then there's a truck on top of them. No, I didn't see that. I got uh, Yeah, scroll down a bit because that photo I think also says a lot. In that his legs look way too big to form the rest of the truck, in my opinion. Uh, but they do it. 
Like they basically just form the bottom platform of the truck. Uh, someone, someone okay. else. I got, I got really distracted by this picture of six armed Spider-Man that you retweeted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that yeah, that was a uh, that's just a cool picture. I heard that six armed Spider-Man is good. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I, I'm way into Challenger. I, I will say Challenger's instruction sheets terrible because you know that's just what instruction sheets tend to be like right now. Um, and he relies on a lot of pin hinge joints. So like in a couple years, we'll see like whether or not challenger copies are still tight or if they've gotten really floppy and loose. Like, I don't, I don't really actually know right now. <laughs> um, it's hard okay. to tell. I found the picture. Yeah. Look at that tiny little hunk of truck up there that turns into his entire upper body. Like it's just, yeah, it's incredible. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so definitely at least try to find a video of how challenger works. Like it's, it's amazing to watch that process. Um, I also got another third party movie transformer. Uh, cause I guess that's who I am now. Uh, this one I picked up partly because this project has been around for, ye- I think at least a year and a half, if not two years. And so the, the notion that it was actually done excited me partly also because I love movie one bone crusher. Uh, this is, uh, TF Dream Factory's Iron Claw or Steel Claw, which is a masterpiece styled movie one bone crusher, uh, complete with LED lights in his eyes. Challenger has those too, but I didn't have the right batteries. Um, this bone crusher is definitely not as straightforward and artistic to transform. Uh, the thing about this one that's nice is that he's built like a friggin' tank. So the transformation has a few fairly scary points where you kind of have to have a few separate blocks half transformed, which usually I despise. Uh, This one rides the line pretty well by having them all able to rest against each other without, like, you know, janking back and forth. Um, A lot of his transformation is kind of just like curling up his vehicle parts uh, into his shoulders and his back. But uh, he forms a a pretty solid robot, uh, and the build construction is is great. Um, my main problem with him is that usually bone crusher toys don't really have well-defined hands. They just have these masses of blades on the ends of his arms. Uh, this one actually has hands and they don't have wrist swivels. So his palms are always facing up. If his elbows are bending forward, he has gorilla arms. Um, I'm somewhat okay with it because it's, it's less easy for him to look stupid, uh, just by nature of his design. But, uh, that was definitely my one major fault that and and also like that transformation has a has, there's a certain thing with the very end of the backpack where I feel like something is supposed to click into place and it's not, uh, which is a shame because everything else clicks in really well. And there's a lot of parts on him where it's it's not just a tab and a slot um, untabbing and retabbing. It's a it's a full on C clip untabbing and retabbing or more like a D clip, like a real thick like click locking system and then a completely different click locking system for the other mode um also his vehicle mode is enormous it's bigger than uh, any masterpiece movie toy i've handled because in real life his vehicle mode is enormous uh and they went fully accurate with all the deco on him i think i remember there being a weird bulldog face logo on bone crusher's movie one vehicle mode and they replicated that on him and like one of his legs says eradicate That's and the cool. other one says bone crusher so uh but yeah, I, I like this figure. I don't know that I would just say, like, go out and get it the way I would say Challenger. This is a figure where you kind of have to be ready for a, a complicated transformation that, that could be troublesome. Um, 
but I, I just really like Bone Crusher, and it's not like fans' toys garbage transformations, so I'm I'm still okay with this one. Uh, it's also a fairly ex- expensive piece, and like you you gotta like Bone Crusher, I think, to to care about this. Uh, Seth, I also in that first photo that I shared with you, I I stole a wrestling quote for him because <gasps> he's a hugger. Look at those arms. Yeah. He um, just needs wacky tube men to hang out with. Yeah, he's kind of got a wacky tube man on his back. See that thing? Florida. It's Florida. got it's got the horrifying death blade mouth attached to it, but kind of a wacky tube man. Um and then uh I got I got one more little bit of a third party journey here, and Seth, this is very relevant to your interests. Uh oh. Uh the last of my magic square stuff turned up. And uh, it was the Lamborghinis, Red Alert and Sideswipe, but it was also mm-hmm. Magic Square's Huffer. No, yeah, I was looking at that online. So, the, I wish it was cheaper. The Lamborghinis <laughs> are nice. Uh, they're they're the ones that came right after Magic Square's first releases, which was Inferno and Grapple. They feel they definitely feel kind of like like Inferno and Grapple and Sideswipe and Red Alert are all pretty good, but don't feel as tight and as clean as. Uh, the stuff that came after them, barring Cyclonus, who still feels like he was made before all of them. Uh, I still like them. They just also they're kind of weird in that like Magic Square standardized their box size after the Lamborghinis. So the Lambo guys come in very small. They come in smaller boxes than Huffer, which looks real weird when you line up all the boxes. Um, however, Magic Square's Huffer is probably one of the two best figures they've ever made right now out of their opening menu. Like, Huffer and Trailbreaker both are full of magic. Uh, and and Huffer is a slightly better action figure than Trailbreaker. Uh, Huffer's actually, I think, the best robot mode Magic Square has done as far as, like, functionality. Um, it's just there's a, there's a certain limit to how much Huffer can, can transform, whereas Trailbreaker is able to do more by virtue of what he has to turn into. But their Huffer is, is very good. Um, and he, he is expensive. All their stuff is expensive, and, and uh, like for a pocket scale line. What, yeah. I've, what I've found is their stuff is expensive for pocket scale, but like I immediately feel like I'm getting my money's worth when I transform them. Um, yeah, and it's not that it's a it's expensive like oh my god this is so much money it's gonna break the bank it's like you you said it's it's expensive for the size yeah but then you know that's third party stuff yeah and and the the fit and finish especially on on like their huffer and their trailbreaker is is just incredible like it feels so good uh and like huffers it's huffer with an ab crunch uh all their stuff tends to have ab crunches but (laughs) it's huffer with a dedicated ab crunch and just like what ha- where did this huffer come from cuz he still looks he looks very 80s but it's like he's he's also very articulate uh it's like it's like what huffer does off screen to stay in shape um and the the transformation is just so cool like it's just a lot the, it's mostly the legs doing stuff but you know it's l- little twists and turns you might not expect as far as what goes where um so i'm i i do highly recommend their huffer uh like it's not going anywhere, so like you don't gotta rush to get it. But Seth, I, I would say that if 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 at some point you're able to get a hold of their huffer, maybe wait for like a like an eBay code or a sale or something. Um, mm. I think I think you'd dig him a whole bunch. Uh, he's a he's a good pocket huffer. He's a good desk huffer. Yeah, well, I'm compelled. Mm-hmm. Compelled to get it. So, and huffer is also uh, most of their figures. 
are their heads are like on a peg to just swivel left and right. For whatever reason, Huffer has a ball socket neck, so he's able to actually mm-hmm. like wiggle his head around a little bit. And there's no reason for it; his head doesn't need to do that for the transformation. So I'm like, why is Huffer getting the royal treatment here? Like he's got the most articulation of any Magic Square toy. It's because he's Huffer. That's why. What? Uh, oh, uh, also, I I got a I got a Christmas present from my family. The fam Transformers related. It, yeah, I'm a fam. Got a couple. Like they they got me two more of the IDW collection of the big hardcover graphic novels that are the IDW books in reading order. I am now up to volume seven of phase one. I do intend to get all of them because I, I like IDW a lot and I love those hardcovers. I just sort of I plug away at them via an Amazon wish list. Uh, but I also got Power of the Primes Predaking from my folks. Well, my my mom and my brother. Um, all of my immediate blood relatives pooled their resources to uh, to assemble the king before me. Uh, and I, I messed with with Predaking earlier this year, working on a promo video for the the Repper Labels uh, set. So I, it wasn't like new engineering to me, but it was nice to have like a box fresh one because I, I think that the one at, over at Toy Hacks was a little beat up from like you know having all the labels designed for it. Uh, and it, it's it's a it's a pretty darn cool set. Like the, this this is a set where Predaking is the feature, uh, much like the Devastator set. But like like the the way I worded it back then, and I I still really believe it. Predaking is is easily as good as Devastator physically. Uh, Devastator was six guys, so the robot mode suffered a bit more. Predaking's five guys, so the robot modes are all as you know fully features of the next. They and the Constructicons all transformed to the same degree of complexity, uh, but the Constructicons just had to turn into basically, like, bricks on wheels, whereas the Predacons have to turn into vaguely believable quadrupeds, and that involves a lot more um, finesse than I think they were able to pull off. So I don't think that the Predacons are like, oh, how did they screw up all these alt modes? I think it's these alt modes are on the same par as bricks with wheels on them, except that they're supposed to be animals. Uh, if that makes any sense, but the Predaking mode is is dead solid. Um, mine feels very good, so I'm I'm happy with them. I gotta get I gotta actually get the repro labels now because I've seen them in person and I looked at the stickers that come with Predaking and I was like I don't even want to bother with these. Uh, these don't look very good. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's been my on topic Transformers journey. Uh, I've, I've I now have everything Magic Square has made in the pocket scale, and I really like their stuff. And I'm super happy that they recently revealed that they're still doing a pocket scale Optimus. I was a little worried that like when their Optimus suddenly became an MP Optimus alike, I was like, well, this seems very boring compared to what I thought you were going to do. Uh, and then they had a they had a cool stop motion video done up that revealed that their their pocket scale one is still in existence. And it looks like it might even come with a basketball, which makes me excited. Um that was that's what was going on in the video. Was it was basketball? Playing, it's playing basketball with the Autobots. Uh, anyway, Seth, let's let's get a little off topic. I know you. Okay. I know well, you've got scrolling, some. Yeah, some stuff but, here. But just real quick, scrolling around your uh, recent Twitter pictures, ah, yes. looking at some of the stuff that you've been talking about here, I gotta say, this picture of the asparagus and pork tenderloin that you cooked up, damn, that looks awfully good. It was. It was very good. Uh, I really like asparagus. I'm not usually a big fan of things like pork tenderloin, 
I don't know why. I've just never really been a fan of large chunks of pork. Um, like I like it cut thin, like bacon or uh, slices of ham usually. Yeah. But man, the color on that, like the the sauce that that you have on there, man, that looks good. So that that's a pork tenderloin. Uh, my local butcher, they have tenderloins, but they also do marinated ones for the same price. So that was a, a mango chili one. Uh, and I actually had to ask them because the last time I got a mango chili one, I couldn't taste any of it because the way I tend to cook normal pork tenderloin is season heavily, sear at a super high heat and then bake. And so I, I told them like, hey, I use a cast iron and then the oven. How should I do this? And the guy literally said, oh, well, don't put it on too high because you'll just like, you know, demolish the, the marinade and incinerate it. So he was like, just do it on a medium heat for a minute aside, then put it in at, at 350 for 15 to 20 minutes. So I did that and it came out way better um pork tenderloin is is very good you just have to it tastes like pork but it is way way more in my opinion kind of like a steak in a way not like flat but in like it's very lean very dense meat um also i i also have grown to love asparagus i really like cooking it it's super easy uh and i make it with just about everything now (laughs) yeah Um, have you ever had pickled asparagus i think i have but not anytime recently Oh, I love pickled asparagus. It's always really expensive when I find it in stores, though, so I don't get it very often. Uh, but, man, I love that stuff. I just munch on that all day if I could. This was actually some cheaper asparagus. I decided to try shopping at one of the uh, the Chinese grocery stores over on uh, Spadina Street in Toronto because I heard that their stuff is actually fine and, and often locally <laughs> sourced. Uh, it just looks terrible because it, it's all priced really cheap, and there's this... Honestly, somewhat racist connotation that goes with the Chinese grocery market over here in Canada, which which I'm I always thought was kind of like like why why do we all seem to feel this way? And what I what I read is that basically those grocery stores they work with local farmers, but they don't go through the same middlemen that bigger supermarkets go through. Uh, so they get slightly less polished product, but they sell it basically at, at, at without the middleman fee. And so uh-huh. I, I bought a bunch of this asparagus, which was, you know, a, a solid buck or two cheaper than getting it uh, at, at Longo's or Loblaws. And uh, it was fine. Um, in fact, the, I also got some cheaper green onions, and the green onions felt fresher than what I usually get at Longo's or Loblaws. So I'm going back to that Chinese grocery store. It was cool. the, it was the thing about that Chinese grocery store, which also always kind of chased me away, is that a lot of their, they have a lot of produce out on the sidewalk area, and it's very busy. And if you're even so much as within a meter of it, um, it's it's often little old ladies <laughs> who just come charging like through you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like like my mom uh, went to check it out she's visiting right now and i told her she should check that grocery store out and she said she went to check it out she was looking at a thing of asparagus and the little old lady literally just took it out of her hand and walked away to pay for it <laughs> and i was like well yeah out right. front out front it's cutthroat you got to get in there where, where it's a little bit more calm <laughs> now is it like the local chinese community or it's a mixture of the local chinese community people. and and uh other folks who just live the local locals yeah, like, like like there's a there's a couple um big Chinese apartment buildings in that area, but there's also a lot of locals from the Dundas area out there. Um but yeah, it's 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 a cool place. Uh yeah. I I they have I, some... I only ask because like San Francisco's Chinatown is famous, but there's really two Chinatowns in the city. Yeah. It's like there's there's the tourist Chinatown, which is what people are talking about when they say Chinatown. And then there's the real Chinatown. Yeah. 
And when you wander into the real Chinatown, uh, those folks look at you like you're on the wrong street. You need, you, you want to be over there. We're not here for your tourist nonsense. This is like, we do the real Chinese stuff here. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the, they, they look at you weird. That's, that's the vibe I sometimes got off of the, the Spadina area, like Spadina Dundas area, uh, supermarkets, which, like I said, like I, I got that vibe, and then I kind of sat there one day, and I was kind of like, I'm partly getting this vibe because I'm used to being presented this like hyper polished Loblaws, you know, stuff. I like Loblaws still, but like I, I'm so used to being presented this a very polished you know, produce section experience, and it's like I feel that sometimes I'm also paying a whole bunch extra for it. So you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's the story of that asparagus in that photo. Uh, also, yes, I made that for breakfast. That is asparagus and pork tenderloin on rice for breakfast is decadent. You can't do that every day. But uh, that was a good breakfast. Um, also, asparagus is good for you. Turns out, yeah. uh, it's it's one of the best legumes you can you can consume. That's also partly why I've been kind of binging on it. Uh, but it's very very easy to cook. Um, it's just odd. That's everything about asparagus is weird. Like you got to snap the bottoms off. You don't slice them off. You got to snap them off. And if you want to store asparagus, you got to store it standing in an inch or two of water with a plastic bag on its head, which is weird. Um, but if you don't do that, it's like asparagus is also roots. And if you don't do that, they start to turn into wood. Uh, and I, I, I tried eating the bottoms of asparagus once oh, when yeah. I didn't know about that. And <laughs> that was very difficult. <laughs> a woody piece of asparagus is uh, not delicious. That's that's where I, but also it's woody in a way where you don't feel the asparagus is making a mistake. You're like, I did something wrong. Yeah. This wasn't the asparagus. <laughs> this is <was> me. <laughs> this is like me trying to eat the roots connected to potatoes and wondering why they don't, you know, taste like potatoes. Uh but yeah, Seth, let's let's roll into the off topic. I know you I know yeah. you've been up to some off topic stuff that doesn't have anything to do with Transformers. Yeah. Uh well, you know, it was Christmas time, so I got some Christmas gifts. Yeah. Um several bottles of alcohol because that's just become the easy thing to do. Um <laughs> with the family members I tend to exchange gifts with. It's yeah. just like, yeah, here, ever we're all a bunch of booze bags. <laughs> have a bottle of booze. Um, noteworthy examples are, was a bottle of Colonel Taylor, Kentucky bourbon from, uh, my girlfriend's brother and from my dad, a sampler box of, uh, um, three, uh, uh, spirits from prohibition spirits distillery here in Sonoma County. Um, I've, I've seen their stuff around. I'd never tried it. So I'm, I'm excited to get a chance to try it. But it um, it's from their Hooker House label, a uh, a small bottle of bourbon, whiskey, and rye. Uh, Hooker House, uh, try that out. Mm-hmm. I got a card game that I don't know how you play it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, it just it it's a reference to the Big Lebowski, and my dad was like, "You like that movie? I got you this card game for Christmas." <laughs> Big Lebowski it's, TCG. All right. <laughs> it's titled Dude. It's a game where you say dude. <laughs> I mean, so, it doesn't sound complicated. No, I'll f- I'll find out what it's about another time. I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend got me a brick of uh D and D minis, the pre painted, um, 
Ravnica Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica assortment. Oh, you're getting into some of that Magic the Gathering. Excellent. No, I'm getting into D&D. <laughs> um, so she ordered a brick online. The seller... So a case is four or eight bricks, I forget. But the bricks are eight or yeah, eight boxes um shrink wrapped together and the then the bricks are stacked in the case. Every time I've ever gotten a brick online, either through miniature market or an Amazon seller, or bought bricks in stores, they're in that plastic. This seller sent eight loose boxes. Um, the box they sent it in wouldn't they wouldn't have fit in the brick shape. I'm hoping they just broke the plastic off of a brick and didn't open up bricks and then take out the light ones. Yeah, like weight feeling for the heavier boxes. That would be a really um world's smallest transformer big bad toy store thing to do. <laughs> um. Old beef. <laughs> yeah, old beef. Old beef. That's that's some aged beef. <laughs> Aaron will tell you all about the qualities of aged beef. <laughs> that's some of that dry aged wagyu. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so hopefully they didn't do anything garbage like that. Um I have not opened them yet. And there's no way to know if that's what they did or not. I just hope they didn't. Uh, she also got me this pack of bicycle alchemy 1977 England playing cards. Those look sick. Yeah. So we had gone to Sausalito for a day for an afternoon and we stumbled into a toy slash game store that was there in town. And it's not a game store. Like you're going to buy role playing and magic cards and stuff. It's more like they just have a lot of board games. Um, it, the store is mostly board games, stuffed animals, and Sausalito slash San Francisco souvenir kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but they had this huge, like, two shelves, two big shelves of playing cards. Like, uh, and we've seen kind of around, like, all these fancy-looking bicycle playing card packs. Um, but you can never see what they look like. So, like, my question was always, like, are the cards actually cool, or did they just, like, have a cool card back, and they're in a nice box? Um, something that this store did that was awesome was they had whole packs out on display, and what they did was they drove, like, a big screw um, through the pack with a bolt on the end, so you could, like, fan through them, but you couldn't, like, take the cards apart. Yeah. Um, so we were able to see a bunch of these and it was like, oh man, all these cards are really cool. And I thought this alchemy set was super, super cool. And that was a gift we got for our role-playing group. We got a pack of cards for everybody mm. and then we wrapped them and, um, had everyone at the last session roll for initiative. And then that was the order that they chose, which, which, uh, gift they wanted. Um, there was also a blind bag of um, polyhedral dice mm. um, from Kraken Dice. They sell sets of dice in these sealed black plastic bags. So uh, 
And then I had commented several times that I thought that was a really cool deck. The guy who got that deck, I kept telling him, dude, you got the best one. So she um, got me a pack, and they're really neat. Um, look them up. It's hard to describe. But every card, so like with all these fancy packs, like a lot of them are just like a cool card back, and then like kind of you're playing playing cards on the face, but they might like have different colors. So they're not just black and red. Yeah. They might be like green and cream or like to, to go with the theme of the, the pack or, and then like the, the, the suits um, might be more decoratively designed, but otherwise they're fairly playing. Um, this is a, a pack where all the cards have unique art on them. Every there's 52 unique um pieces of art on each card and then three uh different joker cards that three that have a really good art yeah the joker cards are are all cool looking too man i could shoot you there i have a picture of the joker cards let me get that real quick yeah do it i i got into playing cards a little bit this year a bit of a stint i got all the ones i wanted but I, I still, if I see a really cool bicycle set, even just a cool color palette, and it's like three bucks, I might pick it up. Those jokers look mad crazy. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, this all looks super cool. I would even feel bad shuffling these. Yeah, I haven't shuffled them yet. I've kept them in order. <laughs> like, I like buying playing cards also because I love doing Pharaoh shuffles, but Pharaoh shuffles kind of involve breaking the cards in. This is a pack of cards where I'd be like, I need to buy two of them, one to Pharaoh shuffle, one to never shuffle. Yeah, just appreciate the artwork. Yeah, and then like, and then really beat up the other one, so I feel zero guilt playing with them. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, all right, so that's Christmas. Um, then a figure I pre-ordered a very long time ago, and pre-ordered as soon as I possibly could because when we first saw pictures of this thing at some toy show or something toy con or comic con or something um i was immediately like i am definitely buying that i can't wait to get it i got it i'm so happy i love it so much he's my ugly baby boy oh mezco 112 collection popeye i need this figure is it good is it good it's so great Oh, it's man. so ugly and horrifying and wonderful um the 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 skin like on his face neck and arms is so uncanny valley realistic yes it's crazy and gross but <laughs> it's so good um they're geniuses with his hat um he comes with three hats um the the dixie cup the the watch cap and like a old school sailor cap yeah um the the cap and the watch and the uh, dixie cup cap um and i'm calling it that because that's what my dad said they called them when he was in coast guard boot camp um um are held on with magnets uh, where the watch cap comes down around his head enough to where, um, which is like a knit cap, yeah. to where that that could be held on with friction. The other two hats are smaller and sit high up 
enough on his head where there's no way you could friction them on without making them out of scale. Like they would have to have scaled them up to get down onto his head enough to, to stay on. Yeah. Uh, so they solved that by putting a, a magnet in his, in his head. As Popeye little, canonically does have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe there's a, a magnet in his head and metal in the hat. I don't know which is the magnet part, but they just stick to his head. That's and great. that lets you also put them at various angles. So it could be on straight, it could be cocked to the side, it could be pushed down low like he's getting ready to do some business. Uh, he comes with six pipes, um, <laughs> three with and three without smoke. Um, so you get three of two different pipe designs because, boy, oh, boy, are they skinny little thin pieces of plastic um here you go you have backups in case you break one <laughs> that makes sense um yeah he comes with a pea coat he comes with a duffel bag uh that has popeye stenciled onto it um a can of spinach a smashed open can of spinach or a crushed open can of spinach um and then they sculpted that can the crushed can to fit the fingers of the crushing hand so it's not just like a dented up can like it's sculpted to have indentations where his fingers and thumb squeeze down onto it that's great um yeah and then just the soft goods clothes that you would expect uh if i had to nitpick about something i wish his elbows bent a little bit farther that's like the only complaint that i have mm-hmm. um yeah it's just it's so good uh it's fantastic ah. i'm very happy it's i have now i have four 112 mezcos yeah this jumps to the front of the list as of my, as my favorite i gotta track that one now i got i saw one so so silver snail here has 112 collective doctor strange like both versions uh-huh. And they had them during the Boxing Day sale, and I got so tempted, but I was like, 112 Collective is, is is still a line where, like, the good ones are great, but the ones that aren't great are super bummers for the price, so I didn't pick it up. Um, Popeye, if they had him, was... Popeye is the one that I would have gotten on site just for that design. Uh, although I since looked into the Doctor Stranges, and apparently they're, they're quite fine. Um, but yeah, that Popeye... It's just such the full, it's a full experience. It's like that Popeye was someone's weird friggin' passion project, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> uh, that's so good. I'm so happy it also is good. Like, that's the one thing I always worry about with the 112 Collective stuff is that, like, you know, like, like what's an example? Like, their Joker, right? It's not a bad figure, but their Joker yeah, at full that's price. That's one of the four I have. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, that figure at full price is kind of like oh man you know like like every time i mess with that figure and it's like i remember that he wasn't you know 50 bucks he was like closer to 80 bucks it's kind of like uh right yeah um but yeah i'm i'm jazzed oh. about that popeye okay so a second net pick is he comes with two faces mm-hmm. um you could barely notice a difference yeah. Like I I wish the other face was a little more different. Yeah. Like he's kind of gritting his teeth but only in the corner of his mouth. Um 
So yeah, it, you can barely tell that there's a difference. Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's a problem I've had with a couple of multiple faces on on high end toys in the last couple of years, where it's like, it's like y- y'all did too much work on subtlety, and like yeah. I can't tell the difference. Yeah, like maybe they could have done an open mouth, and then had a um a third can of spinach where the spinach is pouring so you could pose it like he's pouring the spinach into his mouth oh that'd be cool um, yeah but they didn't now they're doing another version um where he's in a white sailor suit mm-hmm. instead of the dark blue um and then the packaging for that one is a big giant spinach can the spinach can packaging is pretty good looking, but if I'm picking Popeye colors, it, it's got to be the dark blue. Yeah. I associate the white suit with bad Popeye cartoons <laughs> and not the good Fleischer Popeye, but like there was an error era um, of Popeye cartoons. I think they were produced in the fifties where they basically remade um, old Fleischer Popeye cartoons mm. um, with worse animation. <laughs> and it's like, why why are you showing me this as a child <laughs> watching Popeye cartoons on TV? Why are you just not showing me the better animated older ones? And then in the 80s, oh boy. Then in the 80s, there was a version of Popeye where they changed Bluto's name to Brutus. And those are real bad times for oh, Popeye. I kind of remember that. I remember that confused me as times. a kid because I heard both names and I was like, well, which is it? Yeah. Well, I was texting with my dad because he, he was a big time Popeye fan when he was a child. And I'm like, look at my beautifully ugly Popeye. And he goes, wow, that's that's really great. And like I was showing him different pictures. I sent him a the Floosh review from YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he goes, man, that looks like a lot of fun. I said, yeah, this company almost never does more than one character from a property. Um, and when they do, it's like a different style. Mm-hmm. But I really hope they do a Bluto. Yeah. And he said, well, hopefully it is Bluto and not Brutus. That would be bad. <laughs> uh, Brutus is the previous exclusive one. <laughs> yeah. that's one that well, that's with. fine. I just want a regular ass Bluto that goes with my old school Popeye. I want them to do all of the Popeye cast, but like real, like screwed up, like lumpy, uncanny valley style, like Popeye. <laughs> oh man, that olive oil would—they'd all be horrible. Yeah. Yes, I want it. But it would start with olive oil, um, wimpy Bluto. Then if they kept going, then you would start getting into like the bad times characters, like the Sea Hag and the Jeep. Yeah, but all uncanny, all uncanny valley though. Like yeah, that would make it. That would make it worth it in my opinion. Yeah, hyper realistic Jeep would probably be pretty terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like that friggin' monkey that came with Space Coast. <laughs> I forgot about that. Gleek oh that's an awful monkey <laughs> yeah it's it's it was the last straw that made me not buy that mezco space ghost 
I, I was a little disappointed that it was based so much on an Alex Ross painting. Yeah. And not on Hanna-Barbera art. And then when I saw that damn monkey, I was like, that's it. I'm out. My knee-jerk reaction is that that Space Ghost ended up being pretty worth it, but I know I have a lot of bias because of how hard it was to track that stupid thing down and that I got super lucky finding it on sale. Yeah, and Uh, I have no beef with Alex Alex Ross. Like, I I like Alex Ross' work, mm. but there's a sternness to the way he paints a lot of characters that... I don't think works for Space Ghost as well. Yeah. And it's it just wouldn't be the the type of sp- and like and then I don't necessarily want like silly coast to coast Space Ghost even though that is the best version of Space Ghost. But if it just looked more Hanna-Barbera. Mhm. Uh, I would have been more into it. Well, I'll let Alex Ross know that he ruined Space Ghost. Uh, well, it's Mezco's fault for going with his style. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. You just were. You were. You were weaponized. You know, your style was used to ruin Space Ghost. It wasn't you, Alex Ross. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Longtime friend of the podcast and listener, Alex. He's not. <laughs> yeah. This is the one where we finally lose that one subscriber. We're like, hey, his subscriber count went down one after this one. I wonder what happened. It was Alex Ross. He's just like those idiots. Well, that Im- that that implies there's any way for us to know. Yeah. what our subscriber count was <laughs> um it's a, it's a good kind of blissful ignorance in my opinion uh anything else uh seth anything else you did that wasn't about transformers you want to um man, I, I feel like i'm forgetting something mm-hmm. but i don't think i am if i am i'll bring it up later why don't you talk about what you got off topic oh yeah i got engaged there you go. I was like, where is there something <laughs> on the list here that we didn't really... Ne- I'm pretty sure there was a, a thing on here that Seth got. It wasn't necessarily material, necessarily, but uh, congratulations. Yeah, that was, that was my big gift to the girlfriend, now fiancé. Uh, I proposed on Christmas morning, and it went real well. Oh, So are you pronouncing it fiancé with, with uh, two E's, or are you saying fiancé like with an E-T? Like, there's a difference. There isn't a difference. I I didn't even know the difference. I didn't even notice a difference in the way you just said it twice in a row. <laughs> you can only notice it if you read the captions. Okay. I'll uh, look for them later. Oh, that's lovely. That's uh, that's one of those genuine, that's lovely, lovelies. Um, so the only thing I really had to, to talk about was I, I got a, I kickstarted a board game or a tabletop game and it actually showed up and that was interesting. Uh, I had it. Do I still have it pasted? I do. Okay, here it is. It's uh, it's relevant to kickstarting video games. It's just not quite the same. I kickstarted the Binding of Isaac Four Souls card game because uh, I like the Binding of Isaac a lot. Uh, and this Kickstarter came up oh, yeah. while I was getting into into card games again. I have a Binding of Isaac related short story for you when you're done. Ah, well this this card game showed up and it's real nice. Uh, the, the, the box is nice and compact and it's is made wide enough to hold, uh, sleeved cards. If you choose to sleeve the enormous number of cards this comes with, uh, also came with a postcard, some stickers, uh, came, uh, my, my backing came with a four player play mat and then a one player play mat with, uh, by a different artist. Um, I also ordered some extras of the pennies. Uh, oh, I should have grabbed that 
photo I took of the pennies. Um, cause, uh, I saw the pennies on your tweeter. Okay, because those things were incredible. They come in penny in custom penny rolls that you kind of have to uh-huh. destroy to get the pennies back out. And the pennies themselves are molded plastic, but they're not just discs with a with logos stamped on them. They're also like all bent up and dinged up. Um, and they're kind of thin, but but durable, and they make jingle and jangle and noises when you uh, when you shake them around and bang them against each other. Uh, I like the pennies a lot. Um, the cardstock. I saw something on Board Game Geek about the cards being low quality because the cardstock was super thin. Uh, they are definitely very bendable uh, and probably pretty easy to to um, not crease, but you know to put curvature into. But I noticed that they also had the like visible weaving on the cardstock, similar to bicycle cards. So I'm curious if anyone ever gets like another copy of the game and does some durability testing. Like, are these actually like poker durable? Like, could I do Pharaoh shuffles with these? Um, I only have my copy, so I immediately put them all in the Dragon Shields, uh, clear matte Dragon Shields, by the way. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm hoping to actually. I, I just I I wanted to back the game because I like Binding of Isaac, and even if I don't play it very much, uh, the card art is vibrant and wonderful and it's 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 everyone from Binding of Isaac, every, all the monsters, all the characters um, but the, the gameplay looks like it's pretty fun, it's a, it's a slightly chaotic kind of mutation of, of Commander MTG in a few ways um, it, it very much promotes like, you know making deals and, and backstabbing other players, uh, it's got simple combat and etc, it uses 1d6 um I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to try it out sometime, but I, I also just had fun finally getting a hold of the thing, and uh, I just love the box. It looks like a treasure chest, uh, which are a thing in the game. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really happy about it. Also, this is, well, I have one other thing, but before I get to that, Seth, you said you had a Binding of Isaac story to tell. Yeah, so on Thanksgiving, um, um, one of my girlfriend's brothers who lives out of state was in the neighborhood and his son who just recently started college uh came along and i have that um x arcade main cabinet mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> i was playing robotron he goes oh what's this i'm like oh this is robotron i'm a big fan of robotron blah blah, blah. i'm kind of showing him robotron and he goes oh it kind of reminds me of a uh, binding of isaac he goes have you ever played that i'm like uh i haven't played it but I have a friend who got way into it. He goes, yeah, it's really good. You should try it sometime. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, then I let him try Robotron a couple times. He didn't seem into it. I go, now what you might find interesting is that evolved into this game. Um, and you'll see where the similarities are. And I bring up Smash TV. Mm-hmm. And he immediately starts going off. Like, this is, this is Binding of Isaac. This is so much like Binding of Isaac. This is really great. He got he played all the way through Smash TV. <laughs> nice. With in, the infinite credits, he just played all the way through um and just kept talking about uh it in relevance to bind, Binding of Isaac. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I haven't played Smash TV in a long time. I actually now I kind of want to play it again cuz I never I never thought about that comparison, but it makes sense when you think about it. So Binding of Isaac, it, it plays very similar in that it's a it's a top down sort sort of dual joystick shooter, um, mm-hmm. where you you die very easily. Um, although it's also it's it's more you know rogue. What's the word? Roguelike. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if roguelike applies to Smash TV or not. I can think of ways it might. Not really. I I need to play Smash TV again. Uh, 
I played it once on an emulator many, many years ago when emulators were new to me. And I, uh-huh. I mostly played it because I could never beat it in arcades. And a lot of emulator games for me were, I'm going to beat the stupid thing that I could never beat in arcades by cheating. Um, that's cool, though. I, I like I like gaming can be a lovely multi-generational thing. It's good stuff. Um, but yeah, Seth, the only other thing I did, this is it's happening again. You know how I th- I say I'm going to talk about off-topic stuff, then I start talking about the Transformers trading card game, which is ostensibly on-topic? Mm-hmm. That's a brief one here. I, I went over, gaming shop in town goes by the name The Hairy Tarantula, um, had a Transformers Canadian release event uh, the other night, and I went over to, to participate. And uh, and that was real fun. It's the first time I've played Transformers TCG since TFCon, basically, in a large event with people I don't necessarily know. Uh, and this was double cool because it was in my town at, a, at just a normal old gaming store, not at some kind of fancy pants Transformers convention. Um, and uh, it went it went real well. I got lots uh, lots of tweaking to do on my on one of my decks. Um, it was it was just cool to play with people outside of my normal group as well, seeing you know different play styles, different etc. Uh, and, uh, finding out, like, Harry Tarantula is way into the game and wants to support it, uh, regardless of organized play, and, uh, another local shop, Three Kingdoms, um, is also, uh, they just put up info on their Facebook group about how they're gonna get two, uh, weekly Transformers nights going, uh, for the local Toronto area as well. So, two shops in Toronto are backing Transformers TCG, and that makes me real happy, because some of the bigger shops in Toronto... Uh, are basically saying, oh, as soon as uh, organized play starts, we'll start backing it. And it's kind of like, all right, well, I guess I'm not playing it here unless I happen to be in the area with friends then. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm real happy that a, a game I like is getting that much support locally. Um, and that is something that I'm still in my brain classifying as off-topic, even though it is ostensibly on-topic. That's my story. That was a toy going click. Um and that's that's about it for my off topic. I think I'm just thinking of what else I got for uh, for for Xmas for the holiday season. Uh, I got uh, this excites me at least. I got stainless steel uh, element covers for my stovetop because uh, my apartment has one of those stoves with coil stovetop elements, and uh-huh. that means they get grody as all hell. Um, and so now I have these nice stainless steel covers I can put over top of them when I'm not using them. And boy, has that been helpful. Um, I also got, I got a a Magic the Gathering psychology book by a sports psychologist called Mental Mana, uh, which is actually quite fascinating. It's a real solid book, even if you don't really care about playing Magic the Gathering specifically. It's just got some good psychology in it. Uh, I heard about it on the YouTube channel, Tolarian Community College, and put it on my Amazon wishlist, and, and here we are. It's here. Um, also got, uh, I got some, I went, I went shopping, Seth, I, I went shopping for clothes on Boxing Day. I went to Uniqlo and I got some colorful shirts because I decided I wear lots of black. So I decided I want to start experimenting with wearing much brighter colors underneath all of my black stuff, uh, to kind of have some pop and contrast. So, uh, that, that also happened. Um, I got some new headphones because uh, mine are starting to get a little bit janked up. And um, that's about it for my, my X-missing. Aside from, obviously, like family coming over and just having generally a good time. Um, what about you? Anything else on your end you want to talk about? Uh, there was something we were talking about earlier, and I said, I'll save this story for the very end. Oh, crap. 
and now I can't remember what it was. And I've immediately forgotten because I'm <laughs> the worst. And God, I, it's right in the tip of my brain. Even it, um, uh, oh no, uh, <laughs> this is the worst. Have something to do with movies? Oh no, it's been just long enough. That was a. I heard a sharp inhale. Was that realization or was that just. No. Oh, damn it. Frustration, if anything. Yeah. We should probably. I'm like looking around, like hoping something in my immediate vicinity will spark a memory. I'm flipping through Twitter pictures, or not Twitter pictures, um, pictures on my phone to see if there was something in there. <laughs> Someone is going to be multiple people who are listening to this who immediately heard it and banked that because they're listening to this and not participating in it are going to be furious. It was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, it was the Obi Kenobi movie idea. Oh my god. God, I'm good. All right. Anyway. <laughs> you are. You're great. Okay. No, it, so do I, you want to hear my Obi Kenobi or do you just want to end the show? All I want to say is I only say I'm good because I was getting really frustrated that I'd forgotten. <laughs> and so me remembering means that now I'm the coolest person for at least a minute. Uh, that's all. Uh, but yeah, Seth, I don't know how much you wanted to go into it. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll cap okay. off with that. Here's my basic plot outline for an Obi Kenobi movie that I would like to see. Kathleen Kennedy hit me up on Twitter, sliding in my DMs, boo. Uh, <laughs> that's how the kids talk now, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, Mood. Yeah. Uh, it will be on fleek. Uh, you gotta. Anyway. You gotta yeet this story to me. Yeah. Something else. I'm dabbing. That, you just can't, I'm you can't hear it. You can't yeah, hear it. I was like, yeah. Darren, you beat me to it. I said I was dabbing. <laughs> I'm doing the floss dance. I can't. Oh, so no. Congratulations. Backpack Kid is suing me. Uh-oh. Here comes oh, no. Carlton. He's, <laughs> oh, no, no. Carlton's the other dance. Yeah, it's Backpack Kid. Yeah. Um, Who people were also, real quick to point out didn't invent that dance. And I was like, this had yeah. to have, This sounds like this was a discussion when Backpack Kid got famous. That people got over, but now it all came back. Because he saw somebody else getting paid. I think it was specifically his mom saw someone else getting paid. Probably. Uh, that that kid seems a little... We are really about to forget that there. we were talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi -Kenobi. I can Kenobi. feel it okay, happening. So here's okay. the deal. <laughs> okay. So... It's in between... Um, uh, episodes three and four, somewhere in the middle. All right, somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, Luke is still Luke. Luke would probably have to be still too young to really have any memory of this. So, like, maybe he's a toddler or something. Maybe he's three or four. Um, Obi Kenobi is hanging around, keeping an eye on the Lars farm because that's where Luke is. Um. There could be some interactions. Um, have Owen Lars, he doesn't want Obi Kenobi around. Like, it's bad enough they're already taking care of Darth Vader's son. Um, the idea of Obi Kenobi being so close, he doesn't see the benefit 
of Obi Kenobi being around to protect them, he sees it more of a risk that he is so identifiable because this dum dum won't stop wearing Jedi robes everywhere he goes, <laughs> and he barely changes his name. <laughs> um. Um. Bail Organa reaches out. He gets a hold of Obi Kenobi there on Tatooine. We got this big mission. We need your help. You got to come. All right. So this sets up for when Princess Leia gets gets in touch or sends a message to Obi Kenobi saying, you served my father or Bail Organa. Like, this is that. This is that thing. Because you never really saw Obi Kenobi doing anything specifically for Bail Organa during the prequels. Mm. Um, so th- So this is that. So Obi Kenobi goes to the Lars farm and says, Hey, look, I got to go do this thing. I'm leaving the planet for a while. Um, hopefully you guys will be okay. Owen Lars is like, dude, just go like, this is probably for the best. Hey, if y'all don't feel like coming back, don't come back. That's cool too. Uh, brew is like, she's more chill about this whole thing. Like she's like, no, Obi's cool um oh that's exciting you're going off planet i've never been off planet i've lived my entire life on tatooine um and and just owen's a real douche about the whole thing Mm. so brew ends up giving obi kenobi a ride to like moss eisley to get on a ship to go off planet and then either now did i'll I'll leave this up to kathleen kennedy decide either Baru can decide, hey, I want to have an adventure in my life and sneak onto the ship with him, or like shenanigans ensue, and there's no choice but to jump on a ship with Baru because if he leaves her behind, then she's going to get dusted by gangsters or something. Yeah. Um, either way, Baru is part of the adventure now. And then I don't, I, I didn't put any thought into what it is. Whatever doesn't matter. Space crap happens. Empire, stormtroopers, TIE fighters, just throwing all that crap. At some point during the adventure near the end, Brew almost dies. Like, it's a close call. She's almost dead. Maybe she got her arm in a sling when they get back. Either way, Owen is flipping his mind when they come back. Because, oh my god, you almost got my wife killed. You're a danger to us. Move farther out into the desert. Like, if you got to stay around, go farther out in the desert. Stay away from us. Don't talk to the kid. Nothing. That's why when you get to the New Hope, um, when old Ben Kenobi comes up, I wonder if that's a dude out in the desert. Owen's just like, you stay away from that friggin' wizard. Yeah. Like, you just don't... Ooh! <laughs> just... Stay away. Also, that's why like Owen's like, no, you got to stay here another season because he's like super protective and insular, like off planet. Bad things happen. Just stay here. Stay quiet. And of course, we're not going to send Darth Vader's kid to go be a TIE fighter pilot. What are you crazy? That's the <laughs> complete opposite of what we're trying to do here. Um, That's my Obi Kenobi movie. So I only I have one producer note to add. What? Throughout the film, Owen and Baru have to at least 14 times make some kind of gag related to being set on fire. 
because that's how things end for them, right? Is there a pair of burning skeletons? Okay. So they she gotta, comes back. They got to be she like, she gets back. <laughs> she's a little banged up. Owen's freaking out. She goes, "Oh, Owen, it's not like I was burned alive." <laughs> exactly. Or when 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 uh, when Obi Wan is like, you know, I gotta I gotta go off planet. Uh, I need you to hang on to this, and and Owen's all freaking out. Uh, Owen's like, anything can happen out there. You could be burned alive in your own home. And then Brew's <laughs> like, honey. It's not like he's going to be in real hot water out there. I doubt it's going to be a, a, a close scrape, a close scalding heat by fl- flying super close to the sun such that he catches flame. Uh, I'm a producer. I don't have to write good dialogue. Um, band of the day, though, like, what is there really to say about Obi-Wan? It's really hard. Anyway. Seth, thanks for joining me this week. Hey, thanks for listening to my movie idea. Well, thank uh, then thank you, listeners, for listening not only to his movie idea but the entire podcast. If you got to this part, yeah. uh, and, and I hope you're having a happy New Year, as we say uh, somewhere. Um, 2019 looms. In fact, it, it might even be here by the time you're listening to this. Who knows? Uh, I hope it's it's uh, it's a good one. Uh, I want. I'm. I'm gonna look forward optimistically since, like, it's not 2019 right now. So uh, I, I have the luxury of 48 hours of remaining optimism. Uh, and yeah, uh, we we will keep podcasting in 2019. That's for certain. Uh, we got, in fact, a pretty interesting podcast coming up in January that you'll know about once it goes up. Uh, in the meantime, stay tuned. And for one more year, please stay safe. Add all that up, I don't know what the f it means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.